Vox Quick Hits. A meme of an imagined high-speed rail system across America has been making its way across the internet for years. You heard that right. It's a meme about trains. Now it's picked up among politically motivated Gen Zers. They want a system that connects New York to Miami to Minneapolis to Los Angeles. And they're looking at Amtrak fan Joe Biden to make it happen. Train memes may seem a little silly, but they draw attention to a bigger question. High-speed rail systems are pretty common in a lot of the world, so why haven't they taken off in America? Vox's Gabby Birnbaum recently dug into Gen Z's transit meme dream and how it even took hold in the first place. So you wrote a story about a high-speed rail meme. How did you come up with it? So I'm 22, um, (laughs) and I'm on Twitter a lot. This map um, that I later learned was made in 2013 by a graphic designer, which basically shows the U.S. with this proposed national high-speed rail interconnected system. I see it on Twitter like once a month. People are always tweeting it out with like whatever the meme format of like the day is. Like girls want one thing and it's national high-speed rail. I myself have been guilty of tweeting it out. Right after Biden won the election, I tweeted it out and said, is it too early to start talking about this? Um, So it's something that I see all the time. And in typical Vox fashion, I thought, well, let me explain this to myself. What are the actual uh, possibilities with high-speed rail? Wild. (laughs) Um, Why is Gen Z into this idea in the first place of a high-speed rail system? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it speaks to a lot of things that sort of the young online left is interested in. So high-speed rail as a policy, there's a lot of things to like. Number one, it's very environmentally friendly. There's a way to build out these trains in a very green, eco-friendly way. Other countries have done it. And the purpose of a good high-speed rail system is that it would replace short-term flights and cars, both of which have negative environmental impacts. It also can create a lot of equity Transportation equity may be a little under-discussed um, as it compares to some other big things like healthcare, housing. But I think for a lot of people on Twitter, it's just bold and exciting and fun. And it's like you can really see it and visualize it in a way that a lot of policies are not so visual and so obvious. And for a generation who hasn't really seen the best of what politics and policy maybe have to offer over the last 20 years— it's something that's fun and exciting and attention-grabbing and honestly, like, kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. You did talk about this Facebook group as well called NumTot. What, like, what is that? It, it has to be more than just transportation memes, right? Yeah, so NumTot stands for New Urbanist Memes for Transit-Oriented Teens. It's a very, like, Gen Z millennial place. There's, like, over 200,000 Facebook users who are part of this group, and they basically just, like, share transportation memes. And it's people from all over the world, so it's interesting because somebody in South America or Europe will post, like, a streetscape, and all the Americans are like, oh, my God, like, why can't we have that? (laughs) Um, So I talked to the administrators, and they said that the high-speed rail map meme is sort of a good entry point to get into more niche transportation policy. And I was surprised to learn there's a lot of people who— are really into this stuff who don't even work in transportation policy or anything, but get really into like the nitty gritty of a city bus route or something like that. Mm. 
And something that they emphasize a lot is this idea of transportation equity, that it can bring, you know, equity to low-income groups, to minority groups who have been disadvantaged by the lack of transportation options that they see. So they emphasize to me that poverty is growing the quickest right now in this country in the suburbs. And so that leaves people with a difficult choice in terms of employment. You either live in a city where there's higher rent, but you don't need to afford a car, or you live in a suburb where the cost of living might be more affordable, but you basically need a car to get to work. Either way, you're incurring costs that maybe you can't afford. So the idea is that with better transportation equity, with light rail, with better bus routes, things like that, you can achieve broader equity um, in terms of class. And then with something like high-speed rail, there's that environmental equity piece where if people aren't flying between you know, Boston and D.C. or even New York and Chicago, because at the speed that the high-speed rail train in France, for example, goes, you could get from New York to Chicago on a train in four hours. So yeah, people in this Facebook group talk a lot about that kind of stuff, about how a robust transit system would be environmentally friendly, it would create equity, and it would just be fun. I think people just like the idea of train travel. It's kind of nostalgic, and you don't have to be like crammed in like a sardine like you are on a plane. Right, or <laughs> just like go to the airport, which in and of itself is always a journey. Right. You don't have to take off your shoes. You don't have to apply for pre-check. You can just, you know, hop on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, why doesn't the U.S. have a high-speed rail system? Like, plenty of other countries do. What happened here? Yeah, so that was my big question, too. So basically, the U.S. used to have a really robust rail system in the 19th and early 20th century. And things like the great migration of African Americans from the American South to the Midwest and the West and the East Coast was made possible by these rail lines. But then basically, after World War II, it became what people describe to me as the forgotten mode of transportation, The U.S. basically subsidized highways in the car industry through things like the Interstate Highway Act, where they built out this enormous national highway infrastructure. Through things like deregulation, they subsidized the aviation industry. And rail was mostly kind of forgotten. So basically, the U.S. just didn't make an investment in rail the way other countries have. It takes this national effort. And since the Interstate Highway Act, there has not been bipartisan agreement on infrastructure and the Republican Party. Um, oftentimes at the behest of industries that are lined up against rail. Things like the aviation industry, the oil industry, the car industry, the Koch brothers um, have really stood in the way of big federal spending on something like this. So like the plane people don't want the train people to make money. Yeah, there's a lot of big industries that a robust rail system would hurt. There'd be less reliance on planes. There'd be less reliance on cars you know, which creates less reliance on oil. So there's a lot of big moneyed interests that are kind of lined up against this. So Joe Biden likes Amtrak. He does. That's part of his shtick, right? Mm -hmm. Does he, (laughs) is there hope that now that that Joe is in the White House, there's going to be more attention on the rail system? Yeah, so there's kind of two schools of thought about this. High-speed rail was also getting discussed when Obama took office in 2009. It was something he wanted to do, and it was something he got $8 billion in federal funding to do, but it ended up not going a ton of places. A lot of Republican governors returned the funding for rail projects. The one thing that did get off the ground was a project in California that's been this sort of punching bag for Republicans because it's been taking so long. Now we're here in 2021. We have a similar opportunity. We're in a recession. There's enormous spending bills coming, and an enormous infrastructure bill that Democrats have promised. Democrats seem really united in passing a really large infrastructure bill from Bernie Sanders to Joe Manchin. The entire range of the ideological spectrum is unified behind this. Biden, in his 
specific plan, he said he wants to spend $2 trillion on infrastructure, and he wants some of that to go to rail projects. Pete Buttigieg, his secretary of transportation, has said he wants the U.S. to be the next, you know, the world leader in high-speed rail. And Biden has also talked about it as foreign policy, saying that China is going to eat our lunch with infrastructure if we don't get going. And like you mentioned, Joe Biden, like just personally as a train guy, um, I talked to Obama's like federal rail administrator and he said it was always Biden who wanted to like hear train briefings um, in the Obama administration. So we've got this big infrastructure bill coming and rail projects are already sort of excited about this. People are already jockeying for funding for existing projects. Of course, there's bound to be Republican opposition. There's also private sector interest in rail. So that could sort of complicate things. But there's definitely reason to be optimistic. Are we going to get, you know, the national map that the real map, you know, promises that? No, that dream is pretty unrealistic because there's just not the sort of generational funding commitment that we saw with highways. But there's definitely, you know, reason to believe we could see some of these shorter line projects get the funding and the assistance that they need. Mm -hmm. So what comes next? Yeah, so a lot of people describe to me, they see this as kind of, uh, a turning point where we're either going to embrace rail or we're not. They see this as kind of this generational moment, and it is a generational project. These rail lines can take, as we're seeing in California, 10, 15, 20 years to build out. So basically for it to get done, we need a commitment now in the next two years in this administration where Congress provides this, what's been described to me as predictable, dedicated funding for both the capital and the planning. And the government commits to making this a priority because Train funding doesn't really exist in two-year funding cycles. Uh, it takes decades. If the stars align, if the Democrats are really for it, then this could be the moment and Gen Z could get the dream a little bit. But if not, rail is probably, we're probably never going to see it. <laughs> I mean, I personally would like faster train system. The train is fun, but it takes forever. I would love a good fast train, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking. This was a fun one. Who knew we'd talk about means about trains? But here we are. <laughs> Thank you. I was super excited to come. <laughs> Gabby Bierenbaum is a politics and policy intern at Vox, and you can find her on Twitter at Bierenbaum. Find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. 